When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Uh, nothing beats the thrill of a win. Take the reins at loveracing.nz slash ownership now. Wow, gee whiz. He's putting his owner's hat on now, but he's got about 100 different ones down there at Hanui Farm. Mark Chitty is on the line. Mark, morning to you. Great to have you on the show. Thanks, thanks, fellas. Now, you'd be busy at this time of year, so appreciate you taking the call. Uh, Slipper Island's what, All right. we, we, that's what we'll uh, start talking about today. Now, you're involved here, and, and it's not necessarily a, an up-and-down ownership situation. Well, t- talk to us about the syndicate you've got and the horses you have with Pikey. Oh, listen, um, I think it's probably been well-versed. Uh, Tony, Tony put a syndicate together to buy some colts through the sales series about three or four years ago um, and we um, you know wanted to support them through that and and have been and have been through some of those syndicates that have uh, you know started obviously with a horse called not an option who runs tomorrow with under the Cambridge colors and we had the Irishman um, it's, had, it's had some nice horses and uh, this new crop of three-year-olds slipper Island so look we've only got a small we're a, we're a very minority shareholding um, but in, you know, enjoying it and enjoying racing, and um, we'd be very interested to see how that horse performs um, today at Rukaka. Mark, he's naturally fast, isn't he? Which is a big help. And, and last season he ran second uh, to look at his split on debut at Ellerslie. I would have thought he would get up outside the leader today. And, and, and after that trial last week, I thought he was hard to beat. Yeah, look, I, I, like, I think he's a horse with a you know a lot of natural ability. Um, <laughs> amazingly, we were probably you know. A little bit disappointed we got beaten first up and uh, ended up being a subsequent Group 1 winner. And that's what happens in racing, doesn't it? You never know who, who you're quite up against. Um, so, you know, he had, the, had a trip to uh, Brisbane and that just didn't go according to plan. Uh, they had so much rain up there. Um, he just He's a naturally uh, daisy-clipping actioned horse and, and, and wants good ground. And probably the ground at Ruakaka today will just be the will be the key. Um, as long as it's not uh, shifty and um, that, I think he'll, he should perform well. Hey, Mark, give us some insight into the strategy around Hanoi Farm and the way you race horses. How many horses do you race? We know that you stand um, a couple of fantastic stallions, obviously, Bellardo and Ribchester at the moment, and you have, with the Northern Hemisphere flavour, what's the stud's strategy about finding that next stallion, and does it come from the racing or not really? Um, look, I think I think you, you, it's just one of the one of the tools. Um, I think the big stallion syndicates are those that uh, operate in Australia, and obviously TRKL they have a they have a decent crack in it, and they've been reasonably successful at doing it. Um, but it's hard, like it's hard yakka picking yearlings to be future stallions. Um, we've tried it on a few few occasions, and you know we've met with a you know we. A modicum of success, but it's just one of the tools. The Tony's model's basically based on you know it's 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 got to try and pay its way, 
and uh, and and it definitely has. So um, that's one part of it in terms of how many other horses um, we're, we're trying to retain fillies um, out of out of some of our our good mares um, to race. So we're racing about. 15 or 16 fillies we tend to race in partnership we like racing with people um you know it's a it's, it's a it's a game to, uh, to enjoy with uh friends and don't want to race with too many with too many friends otherwise you might have too many slow ones um but yeah it's just trying them um utilizing different trainers mainly here in new zealand uh, and just trying to fit the horse with the with the training operation so Michael. yeah that's, that's that part of it it's a hard, you know, as we all know, racing's difficult and winning any race, I think if you've been in the game longer than five years, you deserve every bit of success you get because you'll have had your fair share of disappointments along the way. Mark, you guys obviously fold down and, and looked after Melody Bell early in her career, even though she wasn't a horse you guys owned part of, but you looked after her for Marie Lester. Yep. When you have those horses yep. on the property at a young age, what does it mean to you three or four or five years later when they're winning Group 1s? Do you still feel that emotional connection to them? Oh, no question. I think, you know, everyone involved in the, the breeding side, uh, no matter if you're, you know, like we, we manage a lot of horses for different clients. Uh, and when the, when the, you know, when the mares, you know, got, you've got them in foal and you've carried them through the winter and uh, then you fold them down and then you manage them through that, early career, um, you know, you feel that connection and even though you might not, you know, you don't own them, you, you aren't the racing owner, um, there's a massive connection. And, of course, you know, like like with Marie, you know, she was kind of my father's um, and, you know, she's got three daughters of Malika Bell, um, you know, in the in, in her portfolio, she's got a daughter, a Tavistock daughter that's had a bivouac colt and she's going to pair in Canto, Moe Bell, and then she's got two two fillies, one with um, one with Ken Kelso, not a single doubt filly, three-year-old, just been three-year-old and a two-year-old filly, Miami Bell with um, Mark Walker, so you feel you definitely do feel those connections and um, and it's great to have continuing stock on the farm that's closely related to those you know superior horses if you, if you happen to have them come off your farm. Mark, you are the, the boss out there, or the, I think it's the chairman or the president, one or the other, of Pukekohe Park, and, and you and obviously the huge team at Ellerslie and your people around you have been instrumental in, in making Auckland thoroughbred racing happen. Now it's happened and Ellerslie shut down for a year. How ready is Pukekohe and what changes could we expect to see out there for days like Derby Day, or not Derby Day, sorry, Caracamillion Night, for example, or Boxing Day. Look, is Pookie ready for the challenge of those and the infrastructure challenge of those? I think the uh, the first thing was to uh, keep investing in the track um, because we're going to take on more racing through November through to March, um, which we had, you know, normally we'd had, you know, virtually a meeting a month at Pookie Park. So the first thing for us was to make sure at the track. So over the last two years, knowing what Ellerslie we're going to do, you know, what we were going to try and do with Ellerslie and putting in a strategy and that's been out, the first investment's gone into the track. So that's, that's um, you know, had, had a two-year cycle, so we're really ready to go with the track. And I think the Pukikoi Park track has been playing very fairly. As you know, it's a long straight, but it's, you know, hasn't had, you know, on, you know, front end bias, you know, every horse gets their chance, so that's the first thing. And secondly with the infrastructure, um, you know, I think what we can do with marquees and, and the lights, and, and that's, that's Paul and Craig's 
Craig Phoenix and uh, Craig Baker's field in terms of making sure the experience um, is good, uh, and I think that, we, that that will cope. It'll be it'll be a um, it'll be like Counties Cup Day um, that we've had. Uh, you know whether or not the people come to Pukekohe Park for Karaka Million uh, Day, especially now that it's a week before the sales, um, that might that that might not quite happen to the same degree. But the, it'll be a great racing occasion, and, and and it'll be even better if the track's right. You get fine weather. Um, leading into it, then we get um, exciting racehorses uh, challenging for the big money. And Mark, on days like today, we open our show speaking about water tables and tracks and the, the, the myriad of questions we have about the way forward. Do you know what the beacon of hope and prosperity is? It's, it's what Auckland Thoroughbred Racing is doing, and everybody feels that. So everybody is on the same team with us, I promise you that. Now, before we let you go, it'd be remiss of us not to chat about it. Your other hat you wear is you, your work you do with the New Zealand Racing Hall of Fame, bit of a historian, love the uh, culture and, and where we've come from as well as where we're going. Uh, I know that that's something that's important to you. And um, Joe, who's a massive part of our show here in SCNZ, following in the footsteps of myself and Guy Haval and Indy Leishman, picking up the Leishman Racing Awareness uh, Media Awareness Award. Um, pretty cool that you're still carrying on the legacy of a great man in, in that aspect and, and great to give it to someone who's uh, involved with SCNZ and Joe. Oh, absolutely. Look, the, the Hall of Fame, you know, so many people get involved you know, because of a trainer or a jockey or a horse that they followed, you know, at some point earlier in their in their lives and, and get involved with the sport. And, um, you know, Chris Luoni, you know, the late Chris Luoni and uh, and Gerald Fell were really the, the key instigators for the Racing Hall of Fame. And it, it's now, um, you know, a, a wonderful legacy recognising those people that have helped the industry that, that we have today. The, the idea of the Leishman Award, you know, um, Philip Leishman was a great man. He, he, he loved racing. He loved golf as well. Um, but, he was, but he was mainstream media. And I think one of the keys with the award was to invest in people that can take our sport mainstream as much as we possibly can. And, you know, we tend to, we tend to at times get a little tunnel vision uh, in, in, in things. And this is just trying to open the scope. So... There's so many people, you know, they, they drive past stud farms, they drive past racetracks, and they, you know, you know, how do I get in? How do I, how do I, how do I get to experience things? So, um, you know, uh, you've seen it, Louis, and uh, Guy, Guy before in particular with, um, you know, with, with your cut through into mainstream media, gives us, um, gives us some hope. So, Joe, I'm meeting with him on Tuesday, and we're organising a program, and he'll be going to introducing them to the studs first and foremost as we get our big racing coming up like the like the thousand and two thousand guineas like the Melbourne Cup um, wondering where those horses have come from and then you know into the trainers um, and our New Zealand based trainers and then through to you know our yearling sales series um, getting to see what happens here and introducing them to some of the Australian uh, that will be able to come to Karaka for the very first time in three years, basically. Yeah. yeah so it's um, no, very exciting, and um, you know, Joe, um, Joe's going to get a wonderful experience, I'm sure. Hundred percent, and it's going to be great for him to get away from the warped view of the industry of Mick and mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> very good, Mark. I appreciate your time this morning. I know you're a busy man, so we'll let you kick, kick on. Thanks for joining uh, Michael and myself. No worries, fellas. Cheers. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it.
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30 a.m. for a limited time only.